Artists, animators, musicians, creators. All final space, all the time. Bringing you exclusive fan experiences and cast and crew interviews, this is Into Final Space, hosted by Gabe Jones. Welcome one and all to the very first episode of Into Final Space, Volume 2. My name is Gabe Jones, and for those joining us for the very first time, Into Final Space is one of the many resources available for fans across the world to access the show they love so much. Into Final Space is your one-stop shop for exclusive fan experiences and interviews with the cast and crew of Final Space. If you haven't listened to the first volume of Into Final Space, we've hosted folks from the creator and voice of Gary, Mooncake, and Tribor, Olin Rogers, to composers Shelby Mary and Jake Sidwell. To character designers Adam Fay and Brad Lewis, to art director Devo, we've got them all. Into Final Space stands alongside other fan networks, including Terracom Primetime, Videocast, bringing you in-depth episode reviews, the official Final Space Discord with the largest community of Final Space fans on the internet, and the Final Space subreddit and the Final Space fans Facebook page, and so many more dedicated groups. <laughs> we got a lot of groups out there for you guys. All right, so we're kicking off Volume 2 with an awesome interview. As promised for quite a while, Jamfield Animation is joining us on Into Final Space, and I've got five awesome folks with us from our favorite Canadian animation studio. Season 1 supervising producer Craig Young, Season 1 animation director Michael Barth, Season 2 animation director Ray Ocampo, Season 1 animation director Brad Sales, and head of FX Chris Graff. So let's welcome them to the show. All right. Uh, first of all, let me welcome you all to the show. Um, so glad we were finally able to get you guys on here. Um, and thank you, of course, to Craig for being very patient with me and handling all the setup and stuff. Uh, you guys are chatting with me from your studio up in Ottawa while I'm in Atlanta. So uh, welcome to Into Final Space. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, first of all, for the fans, uh, Ray might be joining us later. Um, we'll see. So, uh, But we're going to get started with these guys here. Uh, Jamfield is, of course, the animation studio tasked with animating Adult Swim's Final Space. And I've got some questions for you guys today about that process. Uh, some for the group, some are person specific. So if you don't mind, let's, uh, let's dive right into it. Absolutely. Let's do it. So to start off, would uh, each of you mind just giving a brief description of what you do at Jamfield uh, working on Final Space? Sure. Start with uh, Chris. Sure. Uh, so my name is Chris Graff, and I was the 2D effects supervisor for Final Space Season 1 uh, and a little bit of Season 2. Uh, I'm Brad Sales. I was the animation supervisor for Season 1 of Final Space. Hello, I'm Mike Barth. I'm the animation director for Season 1, and I helped Season 2 get a little bit at the beginning just before Ray uh, took over fully. And I'm Craig Young, supervising producer of Final Space Season 1, the animation side at least, and uh, yeah. Ray unfortunately is stuck in a super secret meeting right now, but hoping to get him back within the hour. Sounds good. All right. Uh, so just to start off, um, Craig, a question for you. Um, so you were the producer for Final Space for Season 1, um, of course. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to, you know, head up a project like this and then, uh, you know, ultimately helping uh, with Leslie, who took over season two, um, who was not able to join us today, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, just what that, that beginning process was like. Yeah, Leslie and Ray and the crew did an amazing job on season two, but for season one, it was definitely a, speak for the crew, a daunting task for all of us, you know, uh, up at 
up until that point, you know, we'd been known for Loud House and Pinky Malinky, which uh, all great shows, but a, limited, a little bit more limited in the animation style. So Final Space was a huge undertaking for us, but it ultimately allowed the team to flex their muscles a little bit more and really show uh, everyone what we're, you know, the crew here is capable of. Yeah. So it was uh, scary as crap, I think, when we first started. <laughs> and as we got into it, and the more we got into it, you know, the bigger the scope of the project got. But uh, these guys all did an amazing job and uh, quickly adapted. And uh, Shadow Machine, the producer, they're great to work with. And we're always sort of problem solving, finding ways to, yes, the show is very complex, but always finding ways to make it, you know, also reasonable within the, the time and budget that we had. So they're great to work with. Yeah. All right. Um, so this is for a bit of anybody in the group, um, or you'd all like to chime in. Um, what was your first thought, you know, kind of that popped into your head when you found out that you'd be working on Final Space? Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of oh, shit, but as, as well, like, real kind of sincere bottom of our heart, heart like, excitement. Um, as Craig said, like, we're, we're sort of known for a younger sort of genre of part, yeah, cartoon audience, for sure. Um, Loud House, things like that, Pinky Malinky. Um, and when something like Final Space comes across your desk, it's, it's kind of in a different realm of what we're used to. It's, it's everything you like when you grow up. It's sci-fi, it's comedy, there's action, there's heart, and there's, like, this big story arc which is pretty rare yeah. in most shows, especially to be produced here in North America. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So when you see this all in sort of one awesome package, uh, you can't help but get like super excited and pumped to really give it everything you can. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really rare opportunity and one we absolutely, all of us wanted to jump on uh, as soon as we saw it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, same goes for uh, the effects of the show. Um, when we saw uh, what was on YouTube, uh, it was just a, a taste of what we ended up getting to do. But um, uh, being able to explore like uh, you know, laser gun battles and, and planets exploding and uh, big effects work like that, uh, it was really exciting for our, our department. Yeah. Um, we're normally used to doing a lot more smaller little dust impacts or Bubbles. Yeah, bubbles. <laughs> bubbles to lasers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we were really excited. Yeah, I think pretty much everybody was really excited to work on it. As Mike said, it's like it's a show that in as older people now in the industry, like this is the type of show that we want to watch, that we want to work on. It's got like action, comedy, like cool fight scenes, but like really dramatic stuff, awesome explosions. It's, really like an awesome sandbox for us to play around in. Yeah, definitely. It's a very intense, very action-packed. And the overarching story was just so unique. It really grabbed us. Uh, even for us, it was just exciting waiting for the next Leica to come in so yeah. see what would happen. Yeah. Which characters are going to be killed yeah. off or <laughs> having her hearts uh, broken from episode to episode. Yeah. I was like, no way, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the fans. <laughs> received the like is at sort of a similar pace to uh, how it aired as well. So, you know, when things happened, it was as much a surprise for us when we got that like as it was for the viewers seeing the final product. So it was yeah. actually pretty exciting. Looking forward to that next episode shipment. We're like, what's happening? What's happening? Let's all watch it together. Like, 
comes in. Yeah, on all levels too, because from a production standpoint, you're like, how complex is this going to get? And you know, the guys at Shadow Machine would kind of laugh and giggle when we'd ask that question. We're like, oh, we'll be fine. <laughs> we'd see the next thing and it'd just be bigger in scope and uh, ultimately awesome to work on, but definitely a challenge for sure. Yeah, that's uh, every, pretty much every artist I've talked to, um, and especially uh, Devo, um, just praises you guys very highly um, <laughs> for the the undertaking that you took of uh, taking these kind of super wild ideas and just giving a hundred percent everything that you you put into it. Yeah, I think that you know it speaks to him as well. He's he's an amazing artist, and I think it really takes an artist, someone who's been on the floor doing the work, to really appreciate the scope of something like this. It's very easy for people to get detached if they don't really know what's being done on the floor to to achieve something at this level. And uh, like he's an amazing artist and guy, and it's uh, yeah, just kind of speaks to his character too. Yep, and so supportive. And you know, the the other line producer on on Shad Machine's side was always. <laughs> so gracious and willing to work with us and trying to find ways like yes we want to make it as epic as possible too but also somewhat realistic uh but you know service the show and make it the best it could be so it's a yeah. good challenge all the way around but good folks to work with absolutely and to uh, mike roberts as well for season one as the director there yes yeah. yeah. amazing definitely director. great guy great guy <laughs> yeah uh yeah talking to, to to tobias from uh from shadow machine the line producer and uh him trying to you know figure out how to you know, kind of push push the bounds but uh balance the budget <laughs> definitely yeah. yeah there's definitely a lot of give and take but uh you know it's great when you have a project that everyone's inspired by and everyone loves the actual you know essence of it it's uh it's a nice thing to have definitely well, i know what was good working with them too is like obviously everything's there in the storyboards for us but they really allowed us to kind of push it further and they were always game if we were like, oh, we want to try to like go a little further with this or a little further with that. For them, it was like they just wanted to elevate it. So that was really cool. Yeah, when we'd, when we'd meet with them for like the Leica launch meetings, uh, it, it would feel almost like a jam session. Like we'd see something play out and we'd be like, oh, wait, wait, like wouldn't it be cool if we, you know, went down the hallway first here or something yeah, yeah. on the side or change the shot to be more dynamic. And they were almost 100% of the time game for whatever we wanted to do. Um, and I think that, you know, they just knew that we cared about that project as much as they did. Um, and it's just very easy to all agree and collaborate to make something better when we're all excited about a project like that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Devo was mentioning, uh, actually, that, you know, you guys had a, a lot of really great ideas uh, through season one. And, um you know, getting the stuff back and seeing what you guys did. And they're like, you guys are like, well, we can go farther. Um, and really, really pushing the balance in season two yeah, yeah. and just taking it super far and doing really, really great animation. Yeah, we didn't have great foresight at the time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, season one is impeccable. It all works to make uh, an amazing epic series that, you know, is yeah. gaining the traction that it is because of that mentality. Absolutely. All right. Um, so, of course, there's there's listeners that really don't know what animation is. They just know it's it's a process that happens to make the shows that they love. Um, for those that don't know what that that process is, um, would one of you just mind going over, walking us through 
what you get from Shadow Machine, the things that you do on your side, and then uh, your your animation software that you use, and then you know what gets sent back to the the studio when you're done. Oh sure, I'll take a stab at that. <laughs> um, so uh, we are the the animation production house, which is absolutely a huge chunk of the work. Um, but a lot of the vision and assets and ideas all come before we see anything. It comes from Shadow Machine and an amazing team of artists over there. Um, yeah, so they do the scripts, they do the storyboard, yeah. the Leica, uh, and all the uh, conceptual design. Yeah, so, so they, you know, they, they lock a Leica so they know what kind of shots they need, roughly how many angles and stuff. And, uh, and then we would receive a big package of the animatic or Leica, um, all the character turnarounds, all the you know, secondary characters, some uh, effects for, or uh, reference for effects, um, most of the backgrounds, uh, just because of the complexity of some of the boards, we did have to create quite a bit to make certain shots work. Um, and, and the rough audio track. And then, so that would come to us and then we would sort of plan out what we need to build to carry this to the next stage. So it would first go through, uh, well, we'd go through our layout and background department to fill in any holes that were, were missing, um, which is understandable on a show with hundreds of backgrounds or vacations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we'd go through our builds departments. And so they would take the new character designs and sort of look through the Leica to understand what we need, how many views of a character we need, how many angles of a gun, of a hand, what have you, they would create all that stuff. And then it would all get thrown together and processed and called set up here, um, where all that stuff is put into Harmony, Toon Boom, which is the program we use here to animate. Um, so that when it comes to the animator, they have all the assets they need in each scene. Um, so they have all the characters, they have the props, whether they're guns, vehicles, and all on a background, scaled to size, ready to go. Um, and then it's the animator's job with the help of the animation supervisor to look at the Leica and sort of figure out uh, how they need to act and emote this character to really bring it to life. Uh, and, uh, and it sort of goes through the process of posing animation. And then we, uh, that's sort of when I come in the animation phase anyway and look at that and decide, okay, looking at the bigger picture, what do we need to tweak? Do we need to you know, change a few things here to make it more dramatic, more emotional? Um, and then we have a very large team of people that undertake that process as well, of, of layers and layers and layers of, of tweaks and enhancements to really bring the animation to, to a, high, a high bar. Um, and then once it goes there, it goes to effects over here, which is, which is a, a massive layer of, of epicness that goes on top of something that's already pretty epic. Um, and again, bringing it to that, that whole new level. I don't know, lava underwater, escape, you know, escaping, <laughs> lava erupting underwater. Stuff, is, yeah, the stuff they just kind of look um, <laughs> Yeah, and then it goes through uh, editing here and, and compositing as well, a large portion of it here um, for season one. I think all of it was done at Jamfield for season two, um, which is also another big, huge layer that's sort of underrated, like how much polish and that kind of sci-fi feel they add to it after the fact. You know, leaving animation. Kind of feel, it feels very raw. It's very like flat and sort of plain looking. Like it's all the elements are there, but it's very plain. It has to go through that comp department of also very talented people to really amp up everything, right. whether it's you know a cliche lens flare or a 3D ship or a, a light fold tunnel, like all these crazy things are 
that's compositing. Again, depth, yes, depth, yeah, focus, uh, depth of field, all that stuff. It's all going through the compositing department to, to add all that stuff. That's right. We also had our 3D team. That was uh, pretty much all the spaceships for the most part. I think yep. were done in 3D, yeah. yep. tune shaded, and brought yeah, into yeah, yeah. harmony. So all those robots, spider things, and that. That was that was that's, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Still uh, have PTSD. That was really like the studio as well. That was like our first uh, foray into like combining 2D with 3D. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and trying to make the 3D feel like 2D and interact with that. So that was really uh, fun to figure out as well. Yeah, I actually just had a uh, an episode with Devo uh, just reviewing season two. Um, and he was talking about the uh, the challenge of animating on the ones and twos and threes of trying to figure out how to make that 3D just fit into the show without standing out super obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's challenge a tough blend because uh, I mean, everything else, as cool and kind of 3D as it might feel, it's all very flat and 2D. Um, so to introduce the 3D element to that, you have to be very careful with how you render it, how you move it, how many angles, and, and also like you're saying, uh, like is it too smooth compared to what the characters are doing? All these things you have to consider in every shot is different as well uh, to really make that blend feel correct. Yes. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> Awesome. Well, thank you for that that description of of animation. I mean, it's uh, that's really great. Yeah, um, I went over a few departments maybe too fast because I mean every every step of the way is this huge process of yeah. everything. So I love it. So oh, nothing sure. should be understated. <laughs> 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 voice recording. I mean, we didn't yeah. do that. That was all shadow machine, but coordinating, you know, celebrity talent and all that stuff is an undertaking in itself. But uh, yeah, some pretty fun fun voices too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, unfortunately, like I said, uh, Ray can't be here today. But we've got Michael, who uh, who worked on first season, um, and Brad, who supervised on that season. Um, would you mind just taking us back to that first season? What was it like? You know, kind of beginning to work with Shadow Machine, learning what they were looking for in the animation, and then you know, working to complete that first season. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about you know seeing a product like this come to you uh, with these sort of very epic goals and stories in mind um, is obviously very exciting. But uh, as I mentioned, like we, we didn't really know where the show was heading when we, when we got this in the very beginning. We just seen uh, a couple of episodes. Yeah, and a couple of, yeah, the stuff on the web. And uh, I think we even just had the animatic for the first episode. And that's sort of what, you know, it's typical, uh, budgets and schedules and all that are considered. considered. Yeah, yeah. That's really all you have to go on when you're trying to figure out, okay, this is what we're going to need to produce this season. Um, we, we just weren't aware of how big the plans were for this thing. Like a one-minute test? Yeah, we did Yeah, we did a little one-minute test to prove kind of what we could do. Um, I think it was from the show? Was it, yeah, was it, it was used? Yeah, it was a character used, test yeah. and an effects test. Yeah. Those are in Kate Blast. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah, I guess at the end of episode one, uh, we did that test where Mooncake is sort of floating away from Gary, who's now unconscious, and blasts the, all the asteroids that are heading his way. It's yeah. crazy. Epic. Yeah, um, because Steve was mentioned that, that they tested 10, 10, 11 studios. Yes. Yeah, sounds about right, yeah. yeah. Which is typical, yeah. You sort of put your feelers out everywhere and see who handles it well, who comes back with something maybe uh, of their own as well that they're putting into it. Yeah. 
so yeah, so with that test, we, we sort of had an idea that, okay, this, this thing is going to be large, but we didn't know about the big, huge story arc and what changes were going to come our way. So um, every episode was really this sort of new, exciting thing that came across our desk. And just as an example of, of unknowns, you know, we, we put a lot of uh, time and effort into uh, the builds, of course, because these things have to animate very, like many, many different ways. You have to be sort of prepared for anything, right? And so Gary's initial build in his red and white uh, prison suit, we worked really hard kind of perfecting that. Not knowing that episode, what is it, five? I think it's five, four or five. Around there, yeah. He loses that completely. <laughs> and they, right. they threw a new design at us, which, you know, it's those sort of little elements that we're not, we're not ready for. There's like, oh my God, we have to re, you know, revisit the main character of this, this huge thing. Um, which then, of course, you can only put what time you can find it to. So um, challenges like that were, were keeping us on our toes all the time. Um, as far as, like, you know, the actual working on something like this, it's just always, it was always fun. It was, you know, it was good. Space fights, you know, fighting on top of this, you know, spaceship while they're going through the light bulb. And it's, it's ridiculous stuff that you just don't get to do on any other production. So it's always very exciting. Uh, Ray has also joined us, by the way, so I'm going to get rid of my beautiful face. And, uh, hey, it's Ray. Ray is new animated director, Real Camp. Yeah, awesome. Well, that worked perfect because my next question's for you. So <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> um, can you just tell us a little bit about um, what it was like taking the, the reins on season two? And um, now that you guys had a little bit more figured out, um, just running with it. Um. Okay, uh, well, uh, taking the reins, well, big shoes to fill, and talk back to Bolo with uh, the guys here from Ottawa. Uh, was real, the biggest challenge was uh, basically opening up the Toronto, Campbell uh, Toronto 2D wing, and so the team there, they were all fresh. I was fresh, like every, no one had worked with each other, so um, it, that was a real challenge, but uh, what made it a lot easier was that we had the amazingness of Final Space Season 1 to basically look, look upon and say, this is what the show, this is what the show has done. This is what it looks like. And, um, and also the great thing about being in Toronto was that um, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the people that we got there, they were working primarily in preschool uh, in the city. So when Final Space came into town, it was like this, this little unicorn that kind of came in and everyone's like, I want to be part of that show. Sci-fi, comedy, drama, emotions, all these things. And so um, people really pushed themselves. And, uh, Season two came out amazingly. Like I, I couldn't have asked for a better crew to be working on it. And, uh, but a lot of it had to do with the fact that season one, you know, was what it was. That uh, the crew here in Ottawa, you know, they worked so hard on season one and uh, made such a great show. So taking the reins, I guess, to answer your question, it was, it was challenging, ups and downs for sure. But in the end, it was like Michael was saying, it was just fun. It was so fun to work on. Yeah, Ray was here for the first season in, in Ottawa, and then uh, our Toronto studio, which was primarily known for, for 3D animation. This was sort of their big venture into 2D, and it was probably the biggest show to take on for a, yeah. for a fresh studio and a fresh crew, but uh, Ray and Leslie and the entire team there did uh, an amazing job. Because yeah. so. they, they really they want to work on it. It yeah. was fun to work on Final Space. Yeah. That's a little excited for sure. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, and... Don't worry, Chris, I haven't left you out. Uh, so uh, you were, of course, the, uh, the head of effects. Um, can you dive into 
a little bit of what that means for people who really don't know what that means in animation. Um, and then more specifically, what, what you worked on in Final Space. Sure. Um, so the effects department usually handles um, almost anything that isn't character. So uh, anything a, a character might interact with, like water or bubbles or dust or smoke or lava or um, any kind of element. Uh, so we traditionally animate all of those elements. It's classical animation. Um, uh, and so, yeah, we're really lucky uh, to get a show like this, you know, where we get to flex our muscles and, and explode the planets and um, do the light fold and uh, uh, moon cakes, uh, huge blasts, like the, those were, were a lot of fun to do. Uh, but yeah, we, we had a crew of um, nine, I think, uh, working full time on the show. So it was a really heavy effect show um, uh, and uh, a big learning curve for a lot of us too. Uh, a lot of stuff we've never animated before, um, like a a black hole, you know, like that doesn't come across the desk very often. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, uh, we loved working on the show. And six of you survived, so it's pretty positive. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to everybody else? <laughs> All right. Um, so both seasons were uh, exceptional. Um, but if you had to pick, uh, what, what would you say is your favorite season? Four of us are very biased here. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Yes, yes. I'll say I'll say season two, uh, only because I actually get to enjoy it. I, I got to enjoy it as a viewer, and I got to watch it not knowing where it goes. Um, as much as I love season one and, and know every little inch that went into it, I, I'm also not surprised by anything. In fact, I can't watch it without like, oh, I could have done that a little better. <laughs> Yeah. you know that worked really well but i wish i could have done this and it, it's like any artist looking at their work you just you're never ready to let it go and even when it's sure. done you wish you could always go back to it so for oh, yeah. me season two because i actually get to enjoy the story and, and watch things as viewers got to watch season one so that's i like season two. Yeah. yeah yeah i agree much agree <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard to watch season one and like not see all the stuff that like I like slip through or like little shadow mistakes or stuff like that or just like remembering how hard a shot was or something like that like when the planet's exploding and all like the hundreds of BG elements that are all rising like individually and tracking all that so uh, yeah it's a little harder to not have flashbacks PTSD. That does speak to the eye of an animation supervisor. That is the very large portion of their job is looking for those little mistakes and making sure nothing gets through. Um, and as like polished and, and stuff as we do make the final products, an eye like this will always catch yeah. something that nobody else will ever see. And it's, yeah. you know, you never forget. No, you never forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, God, I told them to change that. <laughs> Chris, did you have a favorite uh, season? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of stick with the same answer. Um, yeah, not knowing what's coming is, is kind of more fun <laughs> to watch than knowing what you went through to get season one of the horse. So, so race just has to be season one now. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, season one, obviously, I, I really 
like season one a lot, like being a part of it, but also removed. Like I, I worked on a animated a handful of scenes, but I wasn't like in the mud with Mike and Brad and the seniors as much. So I was working on another show. So I got to enjoy it. like, oh, this is so fun. I get to be a part of Final Space near my scenes and I'm done. <laughs> Why is everybody crying? <laughs> I mean, it was still hard, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And it's kind of the same reason that Mike and Brad were talking about just when it comes to working on the whole season and basically being the final say and just knowing to, like to the end what happens and knowing all those mistakes, all the things you could have fixed. Not to say that I didn't enjoy season two. I really, really love season two. Because in that sense, uh, on the flip side, that was my first uh, directorial gig. So I had, I learned a lot. So that holds a special place for me, uh, season two, because that was my first show that I directed on. And getting your crew together and seeing the crew actually was very rewarding in the sense of seeing them kind of get to know the show and then get to work together. So I don't know, I'm just torn. <laughs> but season, season, I'm gonna go season one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's also tough because it's like, when you're working on the show, you watch the episodes so many times, like you watch yeah. it in life multiple times. Oh. And when you're actually animating it, you're watching the whole thing. And then when it's done animation, you're watching the whole thing. So yeah. in the span of like two weeks, you watch the same episode like 15, 20 times. Yeah. So yeah. you really go it in and out. And luckily Final Space was like an awesome show. So it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's completely different than like seeing season two and not knowing anything that's coming. And everything's fresh, which is... Uh, it's kind of listening to the same song and same album yeah. for like two weeks. All you listen yeah. to, you still like it. You're like, okay, I'm kind of done. <laughs> I don't want to see this again for a while, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, season two is definitely amazing. I will say, I think season one will always be, uh, always have my heart. It's where I met. You know, it was the first show I started on when I joined Jamfield, so I got to meet the entire crew on it, formed all these amazing relationships, and. Uh, you know, just for that reason alone, it'll always be a, a standout for me in my career, for sure. Definitely, yeah. So oh, guys kill themselves yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, all right, and final question uh, for our interview portion. Um, I have to ask everybody, who's your favorite character? Ready, you want to start? Favorite character? Oh, I love Lil Cotto. <laughs> I love Lil Cotto so much. He's just, uh, I don't know, he's a crazy cat kid. Uh, gone through some uh, heavy, heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. Yeah, he's seen some shit. Um, but yeah, I like the voice acting. Well, the voice acting across the board is pretty great. Uh, but I just like his character. And then with season two, no spoilers here, but just seeing his, uh, how he develops as a character, I really, really enjoyed. Definitely. Uh, I think for me, um, I can't remember his name. Uh, but he's the guy, he's sort of the guide inside the Titan's mind. <laughs> oh, the, uh, yeah, all, yeah. Yeah, it's like a flaming oh, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he, was, he had a lot of really cool Codings, acting. Codings, like, uh, yeah. Uh, and every time he got upset, he got to animate the fire really big. And, uh, <laughs> he, he was a really cool character. Yeah, I think it was voiced by Andy Richard. Yeah, I think, yeah. He was fun. <laughs> Uh, I'm a Triborg fan. Ooh, I really like Triborg. Yes. <laughs> Especially in the first season, I really like his art from like just being this idiot to like the future of a revolution. I love it. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Ray, Ray has an advantage because Little Kato was, he, I think he came into his own in season two. He's, yeah. He was a little, 
No, I didn't see the world. Don't be ashamed if you like Gary. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I had, I had to like them all equally. They were all my babies. <laughs> I can't tell you which one on air. No. Very politically correct answer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's okay. Yeah, I'm Kevin. <laughs> no one's allowed to like Kevin. Uh, I like Tribor too. Yeah. I'm Brad. It's, I still quote him around our household, which makes my fiance completely. So it's. Uh, it's so sassy. It's so sassy. Yeah. So sassy. You never know which way his eyeballs are going to look. That's great. I will say I really did enjoy Kevin in the way that I got to make all the other characters just despise him. <laughs> Every once in a while we get like a storyboard where the character's kind of like smiling in his general direction. And I was like, no, 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 no. Howling <laughs> at him like, fuck Kevin. This guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> but, Poor Kevin. Actually, okay, if I can have a more serious answer, I'd say, uh, it was emotional, Gary. Okay. Um, wow. That's, a, that's good. Complicated here. <laughs> he has many, you know, many different personalities. Um, but emotional, Gary. The real raw. The Gary. real, no, not the real raw. Gary. <laughs> emotional, you know, I could lose something that's important to me, Gary. And, and the reason being is because that that was the time when you really got to slow down and figure out how to animate and portray emotion and loss into yeah, the, the, sure. the real like true subtleties of animation, which you do not get to do ever. Like not ever. In this industry, it is very, very rare. So when you when you get to sit down and try to animate or, or show someone how to animate and say, if you're not tearing up or crying while you're doing this, then it's not good enough. Like that, being able to do that with a character is just so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And so it's those moments. It's it's you know the episode ten, uh, Quinn and Gary moment back and forth in their visors before he has to let go of her. It's episode four when he's getting the flashbacks to his father and, and taking off in the spaceship. It's those moments that that I really like that character. Yeah, yeah, and that, once again throwing back to Dean because <laughs> we we just talked. Uh, yeah, he was he was definitely saying that Gary's probably his favorite character just because Olin's such a versatile voice actor and you guys can play with that emotion so much. Um, it's true. It's yeah. true. And it's funny because when I remember when the episodes were first airing, or the first few episodes aired, maybe one to three, and a lot of the reviews, at least comments, I should say, not even reviews, comments online were like, why, like, why is the main character annoying? Like, why is he just this stupid goofball? Like, and just knowing that, oh, just wait, just wait until episode four and beyond that when you really get to see inside this guy. And yeah, like just so versatile. And Olin, yeah, really, really is quite amazing at delivering all that different stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah like all the, all the action stuff was obviously fun to work on and everything. But looking back, the most memorable things were definitely like the emotional scenes. Uh, usually it's, uh, you spend longer on them, like sitting down with the animator, going over like the emotion you want, tweaking the eyebrow like one degree more <laughs> because it makes all the difference. And yeah. like, Little things like that. So yeah, it's really such a nice contrast to the show as well because you got all this clearly like a majority for the show is just comedic dialogue, Gary being crazy or Pudgy Kevin or whatever. Sure. But have these the contrast of 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 the show with this emotional like people are crying, but before that they were I don't know they were in like a pile of poop, <laughs> I don't know, on the poop planet like trying to escape but like but yeah it works yeah. 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 And then with season two characters, I know that, yeah, 
uh, people are finding Gary annoying in season one. But I think Olin they took that, like he actually took uh, feedback from the viewers. And so he brought on new characters like Fox and Ash and Clarence. And uh, so he got characters that are almost a little crazy in their own way, especially Clarence. So it kind of makes the Gary the straight guy. Because Gary before was the wackiest, the wacky, annoying one. Yeah. Then you put in these other characters to kind of almost balance him out, and he becomes, yeah, the goal. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that is it for the interview. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Fantrexian's Respond. Yeah. Cool. Cool. We'll be right back on Into Final Space. All right, welcome back, one and all, to Fantrexians Respond uh, with our team at Jamfield. Let's see what our friend Chexians out there had to ask you guys. Um, first, from uh, Discord, Spooky Zinni Skeletons. We got a whole Halloween theme going on right now. So um, I guess this is uh, for our, our animation directors or whoever wants to answer. Um, did you have a favorite scene that was animated or maybe if not like a, a favorite episode, uh, if you can remember? Oh, there's so many cool ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, oh, where were they? Gosh, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> when they, when they, they burst into this complex, action-wise, when they burst into this complex to go save little Kato. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the doors and Gary and Avocado doing these little 360s and there's doves flying everywhere. Quite a jump. And the planet, the planet jump was, yeah. yeah the planet jump, yes, that was, that was really cool. Um, not for action, but uh, I think as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think it, it was really the emotional stuff that still sticks with me. And, and like I remember the lessons we learned and the techniques we used. Like that, that back and forth between Gary and, and Quinn, as simple as those shots look, it's just a head with some HUD overlay, but the, there was a lot of thought and time that went into every little nuance of the way an eyelid moved, the way a mouth twitched or, or like teeth clenched before releasing a line, you know, where Quinn would have burst out crying had she not, you know, gotten this line out. Like, there was so much thought that we put into that. I just, I just love the way that sequence turned out. And I think even, like, I, I had to go watch some, you know, reaction videos and stuff of people watching these episodes yeah when i see these youtubers tear up while watching those moments it just <laughs> it's like mission complete like we did it so yeah it's, it's those moments that that uh that will always stick in my head uh yeah i don't know They're, for acting i really liked the or i still really like the uh the whole ending when avocado has died basically from when they're climbing back up yeah uh, I really, we spent a long time trying to get like the slow motion feel down and like the explosions <laughs> that you did and kind of like that more slow motion. Just like really trying to, slow motion is really hard to do in like 2D animation to not have it look like shit. So uh, that was really cool. It's really stuck in my mind. Uh, and even just like avocado dropping away. Yeah. I remember the first design we had, I don't think it had like all the guts everywhere. <laughs> so I was like, ah, he's probably fine. And then we got like the <laughs> final design. I was like, oh no, this is fucked <laughs> <laughs> uh, But uh, I mean, just the whole last episode of season one, I would say just because uh, as well, but all the uh, emotion, like the acting, the Lord Commander stuff, where he's like wheezing and like picking up vile and 
like mooncakes, giant explosions. Like I, I remember that episode and it, it was insane, uh, but it looks amazing now. Uh, yeah. And I'm a sucker for like tracking those hundred layers. I love that <laughs> shit. So that was like my bread and butter in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, uh, it's probably where um, uh, mooncake is trying to escape all of the lava underwater. Uh, that was a, a very fun sequence oh, yeah. to animate the effects for. Um, I remember you using the word fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when he, when he finally does the big blast through the lava yeah. and then it, it goes to the next shot yeah. above the water and you see it blast out and it creates all these waves oh, that um, come towards the screen. And uh, yeah, it's just mixing a lot of different elements uh, that I don't normally get to. To do so, yeah, there, that was fun. There's a part of that that always blows my mind every time I see it where that blast just before it actually penetrates the water, the surface of the water, you see the water like rise from the from the energy that is coming from underneath it, and then bang, it comes out. It's just beautiful, Chris. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Oh, good. <laughs> um, let's see. Season two. Oh, there were so many moments I really enjoyed in that. Tenko Mike, actually, the emotional stuff is really some of the most poignant like that sticks with you and in uh, season two it's for sure when gary emotion wise when gary confronts his mom confronts cheryl yeah yeah man uh there's one scene if you just basically let's all out in one in one i don't know a few senses saying you were the one that did this you're blaming dad and he's just and just the way it was it was done uh, beautifully done um, emotional stuff also heartbreaking was, I think it was episode seven with um, the Quinn making the Gary hologram. Oh, yeah, both my answers. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, but I really like that episode actually because it was like a nice, it's like a you had the Kevin monster and they were fighting the Kevin monster on the ship, but meanwhile, you have this tender, like this, this very, really moment about Nightfall falling in love with her Gary, and then Gary comes and says, Yeah, this is really weird. But, uh, and at the end, just heartbreaking because she, she, she just said, yeah, we're not meant to be. And then the tears are flowing. Uh, it were action sequences. I really liked um, when Avocado was, no, Gary's possessed by Victus. Yeah. That's... And Avocado er, te, and Little Cutter tag teaming by Gary. This is so awesome. That was yeah. really well done. And then he possesses Avocado and then Little Cutter has to shoot Avocado. Again, he's getting more messed up as the, season, as the episodes go on. Yeah, I, I, the, my most recent series is actually uh, a season two in review, and I, I asked the fans, I was like, well, what, what's your favorite episode? Um, and there was varying responses, um, but the top two that kept coming up were uh, definitely the finale was awesome. Um, but chapter nine definitely uh, was, was a oh, yeah. big top one for, for fans. So, And actually, yeah, for the last episode, um, Bolo. Bolo running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like with the shards falling which is very exciting to watch and just seeing bolo in action yeah yeah weird bomb six arms yeah, it's a weird bomb <laughs> well yeah how about you Craig? oh man yes just took all the good answers um Gary in the alien uh, flesh suit and the children flying out of oh, their mother's dead. Ellie de Winter. Oh, oh yeah. yes, the de Winter family. Those poor <laughs> scar children. Yeah. Scarring the children. Scarring the scar. Yeah, they're still chasing after. <laughs> I just mean scarring the child viewers. <laughs> 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 
uh, what else? Tribor contemplating why everyone was twiddling their wieners is another very oh, yes. popular one in our household. <laughs> yeah. Word. So it gets quoted to this day. <laughs> wieners. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, our next question is from Kelly, also on Discord. Um, what's, I guess, just the best thing about animating in general? Um, what do you guys love about it? spoke well to that as far as emotional acting especially in a tv series um, to be able to do that and sell it, sell it have the viewer feel something for these inanimate like for the tv these characters these wacky characters in this crazy world but then uh you bring them back with this realistic like, very grounded these relationships that the characters try to win and this, this dialogue that kind of brought people uh, back down um, apart from the actual acting and, and doing of the animation, I think one of the most amazing things for me is seeing the process and the buildup of layers of everybody who you work with. Um, seeing where it comes from and as a team layer on these, you know, basically the passion of every person that touches the scene seeing that build up to the final product, which, you know, in, in my position, I get the luxury of being a part of a big chunk of that. Um, you know, uh, speaking to backgrounds about how we're going to pull off a certain angle or a layout or staging of the shot, uh, helping out with the posing process and Brad and I are discussing, like, how do, how do we, how do we solve this issue if it's not quite working right? We got to maintain, you know, the drama or the epicness or whatever, like we have to problem solve to then see the animator layer on their personal experiences behind their acting and their animation, to then pushing that even further and then supporting it all with amazing effects. Like, and then the comp as well. Like, it's just all of these layers in my position for me in animation, seeing all of that from people that care about a production and, and coming out with this final product that people are talking about and loving and reviewing and, and doing podcasts on. Like to me now, that's that's the most amazing thing about animation. <laughs> well, I've got another one. It, it kind of goes along with this. Um, Final Space Fan Nine asked, um, "What inspired you to to get started in animation?" That's a good question. Somebody else wants to, to take that one. Oh, you boy! What got you into yeah. effects? What got me into animation, um, when I was really young, uh, I stayed up really late and was watching TV and I saw the heavy metal movie, uh, the first animated heavy metal movie. And before that, the only thing I'd really seen was probably, you know, Care Bears or <laughs> just really uh, child, you know, uh, very young uh, animation. Kids. So um, seeing that uh, kind of put it in a whole different ballpark for me that um, uh, this is something like adults can, can get into. Uh, Ironically, heavy metal is also also animated in Ottawa. Oh, well, well, some of it. <clears throat> Fact. Fact. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and you know, I, I always used to uh, love to draw, and you know, now I get to do it every day for a living. Um, it's a pretty sweet gig. Uh, <laughs> sit and draw every day uh, it often doesn't really feel like a job uh, so yeah for me that's nice. yeah 
it was probably similar, I think, for a lot of us, at least uh, like the, the artist side of things, is you have this sort of passion and little hobby that you can do as a child. You know, for me, you're going through school ready to be an architect or a computer programmer, and then you sort of realize that there's actually a profession for doing the other thing that I like to do. And, and it's like, oh, okay, let's try that. And then, you know, when you get into the industry and you've got the right mindset, you sort of uh, appreciate the craftsmanship of, of all these different uh, departments and uh, yeah it just it just kind of starts young so you know drawing sketching on paper napkins tables whatever and then you sort of realize you can turn that into a profession it's my parents starts. my parents still don't believe I have a real job but, uh, <laughs> all right I'm going on 20 some years so yeah, <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess this once again goes off that. Uh, this one. This one's actually just a question from me. Um, what do you guys have to to offer to someone who maybe wants to work in animation one day, uh, supervising, doing effects, just animating in general? Um, what what advice would you give to them? Wow, well, you better work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never ever stop drawing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It is a lot of work. You gotta, you gotta really put in the effort, especially when you first start. Uh, and you, you'll learn a lot in school, obviously, like college and stuff. But your first like month in a professional studio, you'll, you'll learn so much more. Uh, so you really gotta like put in the time and effort, and uh, and be really open to criticism as well. Because, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, if you uh, if you really covet your drawings or your animations, like that's not gonna go well. It's always, everything can be improved, no matter how yeah. good you are. We always want everyone to grow and succeed here, but you need to be open to that process. And um, it's definitely harder for some folks than others, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Open to criticism, having a draw, a passion for drawing and a strong work mm -hmm. ethic. Strive to, to get better. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. Uh, it's, it's been a big honor to have you on the show and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And that's a wrap to that one. As I said earlier, if you haven't had the chance to listen to volume one of the podcast, definitely check it out and make sure you join your fellow Frantechians everywhere on the internet. I just want to give a huge thanks to Ben Jones who designed this season's podcast cover art. You can follow him at BFJ Studio on Instagram. I also want to give a huge shout out to Will Scott who helped me with this awesome smooth intro and mid-roll. We've got more podcasts coming up for you. Our next interview welcomes a brand new musician and composer to the show, Mr. Andrew Goodwin. Until then, be sure to follow me at Into Final Space on Instagram and Twitter. Join the Into Final Space Discord channel. And I'll see you next time on Into Final Space. Thanks, guys. Yeah.